Section 81 of The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. Part 2, Book the Sixth, Chapter 1. What the Misanthrope Said. After Ursus had seen Gwynplaine thrust within the gates of Southwick Jail, he remained, haggard, in the corner from which he was watching. For a long time his ears were haunted by the grinding of the bolts and bars, which was like a howl of joy that one wretch more should be enclosed within them. He waited. What for? He watched. What for? Such inexorable doors, once shut, do not reopen so soon. They are tongue-tied by their stagnation and darkness, and move with difficulty, especially when they have to give up a prisoner. Entrance is permitted, exit is quite a different matter. Ursus knew this, but waiting is a thing which we have not the power to give up at our own will. We wait in our own despite. What we do disengages an acquired force, which maintains its action when its object has ceased, which keeps possession of us and holds us, and obliges us for some time longer to continue that which has already lost its motive. Hence the useless watch, the inert position that we have all held at times, the loss of time which every thoughtful man gives mechanically to that which has disappeared. None escapes this law. We become stubborn in a sort of vague fury. We know not why we are in the place, but we remain there. That which we have begun actively we continue passively, with an exhausting tenacity from which we emerge overwhelmed. Ursus, though differing from other men, was, as any other might have been, nailed to his post by that species of conscious reverie into which we are plunged by events all important to us, and in which we are impotent. He scrutinized by turns those two black walls, now the high one, then the low, sometimes the door near which the ladder to the gibbet stood, then that surmounted by a death's head. It was as if he were caught in a vice, composed of a prison and a cemetery. This shunned and unpopular street was so deserted that he was unobserved. At length he left the arch under which he had taken shelter, a kind of chance sentry-box in which he had acted the watchman, and departed with slow steps. The day was declining, for his guard had been long. From time to time he turned his head and looked at the fearful wicket through which Gwynplaine had disappeared. His eyes were glassy and dull. He reached the end of the alley, entered another, then another, retracing almost unconsciously the road which he had taken some hours before. At intervals he turned, as if he could still see the door of the prison, though he was no longer in the street in which the jail was situated. Step by step he was approaching Terenzo Field. The lanes in the neighbourhood of the fairground were deserted pathways between enclosed gardens. He walked along, his head bent down, by the hedges and ditches. All at once he halted, and, drawing himself up, exclaimed, So much the better! At the same time he struck his fist twice on his head and twice on his thigh, thus proving himself to be a sensible fellow who saw things in their right light, and then he began to growl inwardly, yet now and then raising his voice. 
it is all right oh the scoundrel the thief the vagabond the worthless fellow the seditious scamp it is his speeches about the government that have sent him there he is a rebel i was harbouring a rebel i am free of him and lucky for me he was compromising us thrust into prison oh so much the better what excellent laws ungrateful boy i who brought him up to give oneself so much trouble for this why should he want to speak into reason he mixed himself up in politics the ass as he handled pennies he babbled about the taxes about the poor about the people about what was no business of his he permitted himself to make reflections on pennies he commented wickedly and maliciously on the copper money of the kingdom he insulted the farthings of her majesty a farthing why tis the same as the queen a sacred effigy devil take it a sacred effigy have we a queen yes or no then respect her verdigrees everything depends on the government one ought to know that i have experience i have i know something they may say to me but you give up politics then politics my friends i care as much for them as for the rough hide of an ass i received one day a blow from a baronet's cane i said to myself that is enough i understand politics the people have but a farthing they give it the queen takes it the people thank her nothing can be more natural it is for the peers to arrange the rest their lordships the lords spiritual and temporal oh, so gwynplaine is locked up so he is in prison that is just as it should be it is equitable excellent well merited and legitimate it is his own fault to criticize is forbidden are you a lord you idiot the constable has seized him the justice of the quorum has carried him off the sheriff has him in custody at this moment he is probably being examined by a sergeant of the coif they pluck out your crimes those clever fellows imprisoned my wag so much the worse for him so much the better for me faith i am satisfied i own frankly that fortune favours me of what folly was i guilty when i picked up that little boy and girl we were so quiet before homo and i what had they to do in my caravan the little blackguards didn't i brood over them when they were young didn't i draw them along with my harness pretty foundings indeed he as ugly as sin and she blind of both eyes where was the use of depriving myself of everything for their sakes the beggars grow up forsooth and make love to each other the flirtations of the deformed it was to that we had come the toad and the mole quite an idol that was what went on in my household all which was sure to end by going before the justice the toad talked politics but now i am free of him when the wapentake came i was at first a fool one always doubts one's own good luck i believed that i did not see what i did see that it was impossible that it was a nightmare that a daydream was playing me a trick but no nothing could be truer it is all clear gwynplaine is really in prison it is a stroke of providence praise be to it he was the monster who with the row he made drew attention to my establishment and denounced my poor wolf be off gwynplaine and see i am rid of both two birds killed with one stone because dea will die now that she can no longer see gwynplaine 
for she sees him, the idiot. She will have no object in life. She will say, what am I to do in the world? Goodbye to the devil with both of them. I always hated the creatures. Die, Dea. Oh, I am quite comfortable. End of section 81. Recording by John Trevithick.